Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone. What a tumultuous week it's been here in the U.S. I hope to take your mind off things for a little while. We have a great guest on the show, but right off the top, I do want to send my apologies to Everything Iconic listener Olivia, who I met at the grocery store earlier this week, and it's been a crazy, hectic week. And she came up and said she was a fan of the podcast, and I said, what's your name? And she said, Olivia Trapkiss. And I heard in my ears I I thought she said, Olivia, pause, trapped gas. I thought she said, Olivia, trapped gas. So my response to her was, girl, I know I need an IV of gas, X, and Tums this week. And she looked at me uh, and sort of did that awkward laugh and then scurried out of the deli department where we were standing. And I thought, that was weird. That was strange. And my boyfriend, who was standing next to me at the time, he said, why did you just tell that stranger about your gas? And I said, she said she had trapped gas. And he said, no, she said her name was Trepkis or Trapkis or something like that. And uh, so my apologies to her. You know, I just, I, I don't normally tell strangers about my trapped gas, but I did this week. And you know what? We're all just doing the best we can is the moral of that story. So Olivia, if you're out there, I don't know if you're on social media or how exactly you spell or say your last name, but thank you for listening. And thank you all for listening. Today on the podcast, we have... The one and only Andy Cohen. You guys, Andy Cohen's on the podcast. Can you believe it? The guests that have been coming on Everything Iconic. The, I mean, and truly, this was one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. I'm not just saying that. And I love Andy. was so nice to me when I did Watch What Happens Live earlier this year. Right before the shutdown, I was a bartender. And he and the entire staff at Watch What Happens Live were more than kind backstage. I mean, I can't even say that enough. They were just the best of the best. And so uh, I was so grateful. He came on and he said... You have as long as, as long as you need to talk to me, he said. And there were no restrictions. He was able to mention it all. We talked about all the different franchises. No question was off limits. Uh, the one thing that we didn't really get into was The Real Houses of Atlanta. We didn't touch on it so much because I wasn't sure when uh, the trailer or the season would be announced. It has since been announced since I did the interview with Andy. It's going to be coming back December 6th on Bravo. And I can't wait, you guys, that trailer. That trailer looks good. There's a stripper with a uh, PPE on. I mean, come on. What more more can we ask for in these times? Uh, Anyway, before I play the interview with Andy, I want to say that it's available on the new YouTube channel, which you can watch at youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. Go watch, like, subscribe, comment, all that stuff over there. Or you could just listen to the interview here on this podcast. I also have a a spinoff podcast that I'm doing uh, for the second year in a row. It's called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast, and I'm co-hosting it with my friend Jenna Brister, who's a comedian and writer. And we recap uh, all of these crazy holiday movies. So we are covering everything from some of the Netflix new ones. We just did that movie, Holidate, which is a new Netflix holiday movie. We're also covering some old classics like Home Alone, The Grinch, Polar Express, uh, lots of unhinged films. And we uh, take a bunch of tangents, just a good a good old holiday time. So check that out. A very merry, iconic podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. 
And you can uh, find us on Instagram at A Very Merry Iconic Podcast for all the updates and information there. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want any of the Everything Iconic merch, we got some new face mask headbands, t-shirts, wine glasses, all sorts of stuff at everythingiconic.store. Some great holiday gifts over there, everythingiconic.store. Finally, my last gross bit of promo is just that if you want to support Everything Iconic, go to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash everythingiconic. And if you click become a patron, you could donate $4 or more per month, and you get access to the bonus episodes. I do one bonus a month. And more importantly, the money helps to support this show. So thank you. And with all that said, without further ado, please enjoy my chat with the one and only, you guys, Andy Cohen. Andy Cohen is on the show, you guys. Can you believe it? A whole over an hour with Andy. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, I will leave you with this. Love you and uh, enjoy. Okay. Intro me, Danny. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic. I am here with the most iconic, Andy Cohen. Andy, how are you doing today? Danny, I love the sound of your voice. Thank you. Andy, I feel uh, like... Thanks you're, for I, having me. I feel nervous. I'm nervous and excited. Oh, uh, thank you. Well, those are the best kind of interviews. You know, you know I got to say, before we get into all of my questions, uh, I was fortunate enough to be at Watch What Happens Live and bartend before the whole shutdown and everything happened. And you were yeah. so nice to me. And I was so incredibly nervous and excited. And you were just like sort of overly kind, more than I could have even anticipated kind. And I really just appreciated that because I was so nervous. Oh. And thank you. Who were the guests? Uh, it was Tom Sandoval and Adam Pally. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but I was so nervous and the whole staff was so excited and it, it really felt like they really like you, which made me like, you know, I was kind of watching that. I'm like, let's see, like, do they like Andy? You know, like, what's the real deal here? Um, but it seemed like they liked you. I'm not a horrible person and I've been around (laughs) a lot of horrible people and, you know, I was a producer, uh, for many years behind the scenes. So I saw a lot of horrible people and I was treated horribly by people. So it was a good experience for me when I finally got my own show to say, okay, well, maybe, uh, maybe it would be good if you're not a horrible person. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've by been nature, to- I'm not a horrible person. I find, I think I could tell right away. And I, I felt <laughs> like I've been to a lot of talk shows and I've, you can tell right off the bat, like what the culture, the vibe is. Um, but yeah. everyone, everyone there is also like very funny, very warm, and they just uh, have an affinity for you. So that was nice. Thank you. We are, we have a great team and we have very little turnover. People don't really leave our show. It's once they're there, they stay. And it's a, it's a pretty happy place. I mean, they're, they're, you know, we get to, we get to swim in this insanity, you know, every day, which is fun. It's so fun. I've interviewed so many of these housewives and I can't imagine like what a reunion would be like for you because the energy of a housewife is very intense. Yes. Sometimes better in some occasions, sometimes better on TV in an edited format than you know in 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 a in in an extended play situation. Do you just leave those reunions with like your head spinning though? Like I do. I, I yeah. really, and I have to say the zoom reunions have been especially tiring. I, 
that Beverly Hills reunion this year, I was really upset after. I was not, I was, I was just upset. And of course, we're also isolated right now that typically what I will do is I will really debrief with the other producers and, you know, even I'll get on the, I'll get in the car to go to wherever I'm going to meet people for drinks or whatever, but I need a really good debrief. And there I was doing these Zoom reunions in a room alone and then going back to my house alone, you know, just being alone and was not satisfying of a, of a, of a decompress after the Zoom ones, especially. Is there a plan to do more Zoom? Like, will Potomac be Zoom or will that be in person? We are hoping. Potomac is happening pretty soon. And the way I think at this moment, it looks like it's going to be in person. But there was a hiccup a couple of days ago where maybe it wasn't. And so I'm very, I'm hopeful that it will be in person. I do not aspire to do more Zoom unions, although I, I think that there is some, they're not, I was very upset when I found out the Atlanta reunion was going to be on Zoom, which was the first one that we did. But I have to say, and I give it so up good. to all of the production companies. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's something fun about seeing four boxes at once and you're getting reaction shots from people that you maybe wouldn't have gotten. And those reunions are really built on watching other people react and roll their eyes or do whatever. And so there is something, I think, um, our teams have done a brilliant job, I think, in post-production on the reunions. Yeah. The Atlanta one was so fun, too, because we still had sort of the pomp and circumstance of, like, them getting all dressed up. And then... The pomp and circumstance. But you're right, but they were, like, at home in these ball gowns, and it was, like, so fucking crazy, but amazing. Yeah. Okay, I have questions about every franchise, uh, but first I will will talk to you about anything you want, and you have me for as long as you want. Oh my God, that makes me nervous. I want this to be meaningful for you. It's already meaningful. (laughs) Andy, I already feel good about it. Do you follow that Instagram account, Dumois? I think it's, I don't know if I'm saying it right. You know, I just became, uh, I just became familiar with it. Um, They, They posted something the other day about Watch What Happens Live, and I wanted to get your take on it. They said that um, Anna Kendrick is banned from Watch What Happens Live. And I just wonder, is she banned? Is anyone banned from coming on the show? There are a few people that are privately banned between me and my staff. Uh, No, Anna Kendrick is not one of them. She's been on, she's been on a few times. Um, But I I mean, it's so random it's a very yeah. short and random list, I have to say, for right. no reason that anyone would ever <laughs> suspect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Salt Lake City. I watched the premiere last night, and I. What was, did you think? I mean, that's I was, why. And by the way, that's why I'm here. I was like, I want to do something special for when Salt Lake City comes out, and I was like, you know what? I want to go on Danny's show. We're. It's not every day that we bring in a new a new city, and so. I'm excited that you saw it. And I don't think, I mean, the problem is, what are you going to lie to me and be like, I hated it, but I think that you would love it. No, I legitimately loved it. And I'll be honest with you. I went in sort of, I don't know if my expectations were low, but I just don't know what I, 
sort of expected. And then I was blown away because I loved the world of it. Like it's such a unique kind of look in, inside this Mormon world and crazy things were happening. Like, I don't want to spoil, but the end of the episode, I was like giddy Andy, like when they were fighting about, you know, something insane about a hospital and legs. Right. Yeah. I, right. I haven't felt that joy in a house. Like that was like a unique thing. Cause we've yes. seen so much on housewives. It's like, you know, every season with a new, with a franchise or a new franchise, it's like, we want that sort of table flip moment. And it's hard to top that table flip moment these days. It's hard to top a table flip moment. And in my mind, the best housewives disagreements are ones that are very frivolous about kind of nothing in a weird way um, about a bow on a cake or you know, things like that. I think that's, th- those are really fun. That bow um, cake, that Orange County bow. The Orange County Andy, bow cake was the best great. TV. The yeah, best really TV. good. Um, but um, yeah, I'm very excited about Salt Lake. And I think that that's, there, there is no great need for us to do other cities, I think, in my mind. But then every so often you, you, you know, you stumble upon this world and you're like, wait a minute, this would be a kind of, you know, if you stripped away Salt Lake City and you stripped away the Mormonism, then it, it might be like, okay, well, what is this and how is this differentiating? But it really is a different world. And there oh, are yeah. some unique situations happening. Um, there are some great side characters there are some, there are layers. There are There's layers. a woman named Sarah in the premiere and I feel like she's going to pop back in at some point because she seemed, she kind of entered very crazy and I was like, oh, I like her. Um, and Mary as a human is shocking. I mean, just like everything that was coming well, out Mary's of her mouth. Mary's backstory is also quite unique. She is married, of course, to her step-grandfather and there will be more on that. Um, and I, I, you know, that was certainly something titillating for me it was so good i'm doing the drive-in premiere i'm at the rose bowl here in la and i'm I'm very excited for people after i saw it i was like now i'm really excited for people to see it because it was good that makes me really happy i I sort of feel like heather i don't know this i don't know if this will be true but i felt like heather was sort of the like stable one or like the more grounded presence Uh uh-huh she's got a really interesting backstory too i mean she really you you see her coming to grips with her relationship with the mormon church which she was all in on and i think her family is considered pioneers i don't know if that's the word right word in the religion but um she's at a crossroads in her time in the religion she's divorced and um it's an interesting journey for her I like it. And it's a very diverse cast, which I know so many people have been clamoring for. Yeah. Uh, which is and great. surprising. I, I mean, I was so excited. I mean, the diversity in the cast was such a gift to us at the very beginning. And then I think also when we announced it at BravoCon Salt Lake City, I think people could only be expecting, oh, great, another group of lily white women. But it is absolutely um, nothing of the sort. Which is really a win for that, and that's our um, that's been our our bad for the last you know for the run of these shows. How do you feel about the? I know you've addressed this a million times, but you just said it's our bad, and uh, so what does the future look like? Are you know we've we've well, heard some announcements. Future, yeah, yeah. I mean the the future is 
um, that we need to diversify the shows is the future. I mean, there's just no, there's, there's no other response. And I think that we were very precious for some time about um, diversifying New York. There was someone that we were really close to that was um, well known in New York uh, social circles and had a very big life. And she was something, someone that I knew personally. And she was, was it someone Wendy? that Bethany knew. Wendy, Wendy Williams? Williams? No, no, it was not okay. Wendy Williams. Okay. And um, we came cl- very close. And there were, there was, Luann has put a few women up. Um, that didn't work out for one reason or another. I think Sonia had a friend that, that wasn't ultimately right. So we've also been wanting to be really careful because we wanted that person to succeed. We don't want a one and done. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so here we are. And it's I thought happening. Jules, I thought Jules could have had a really good second season. I, I sort of like Jules. I know, I, I don't know what the circumstance was, why she didn't come was back. Jules... But- Remember Jules? Wasn't she? She was Asian, wasn't she? Asian? Oh yes. Yeah, she wasn't was. she? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, because yes. I remember her tagline. It was like a Jew and an Asian walking a bar, right. and then came yes. me. <laughs> right. So stupid. <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah, I think the div- what happened is the divorce. There were there were some, yeah there were there were, the there were a stuff. few layers there. Yes. Um, you guys did it years back that before they were housewives special with Luann. Why didn't we get more of those? It was so fun to see her at the you know, TJ Maxx. I have to say, as we delve, Lou has an incredible backstory, which she is, you know, quite uh, flagrantly likes to remind people of. And as a matter of fact, we're shooting next season now and it came up again. Uh, um, her, her past is an Italian, uh, uh, presenter, but um, I think there are not a lot of housewives who have the intense backstories that Lou had, um, and I, I, I think that was the reason why we wound up not doing more. Um, it was just like, well, I, that was that was a pretty incredible story. Yeah, yeah, it was so good, yeah. and I think that's why mm-hmm. we like wanted more. But Luann, you're right; she has a crazy, crazy backstory. But you get the cuts of these episodes, like before you see before you see any trailers or anything, you're getting the cuts yep. of these episodes. So what's going through your mind? Can you remember back then of like getting the Scary Island cuts? Well, usually with something like Scary Island, I'm getting the phone calls. For certain cities, I get what's called hot sheets. And so I just am going through hot sheets of what we're filming in New York uh, and Beverly Hills and Atlanta. And so that's just basically a summary of everything that's shot and everything that happens. And they are just delicious reads most of the time. And um, so for Scary Island, actually, it was the, the when I was hearing of it was just as it was happening, because there were questions about um, how Kelly was doing on the trip. And so um, those were phone calls and about her, should she leave? Did she want to leave? There were conversations about her leaving the island, basically. And so then when I got the, well, well let me give you a different example because the I'm up here, you're down there 
moment was something that I remember Bethany called me and and at that time now I think we're we're we know each other better and it's many years later but at that time it would be very unusual for Bethany to call me after something had happened uh in filming but I remember she called me and said you're just not going to believe what just happened I mean we were at the brass monkey and this thing and I I I'm pretty sure she told me she was better than me and I mean like I'm like well, what do you mean and and then in the office the next day, and then I was calling, uh, I think I, I was calling Jen O'Connell and I was like, what, what happened? Like, so that was something that, um, I, we may have even requested the footage early. Cause I was like, I've got to see this. And so I, I, I remember that was a moment where when I got the cut and I was watching more cuts at that time, I was watching three, I was watching every cut of every episode. So that was three or four cuts that I was doing notes on of every episode. Now I only do notes on one cut per episode uh, because I don't have the it's bandwidth and I yeah. have a different job and, and, and whatever. But, uh, but yeah, that was a situation where when I got the footage, it was just glorious and scary Island too. The, my moment of scary Island. And this was one that I got a lot of calls about from, from Jill and, and different people. But when Jill showed up unannounced and I knew it was happening, I had heard, well, Jill's gonna, Jill's just gonna go down there. And I was like, Oh my God, you're kidding me. Uh, that was really exciting for me. That for me was um, the pinnacle when she showed up and Hi. then they turned her away. Hi. Hi. Turned her away in that that moment with she and Ramona in the driveway. I felt so bad for Jill in that moment. I I I I really it was it was it was it was something. I've was never seen TV. anything like that. Incredible television. Yeah. Incredible. I feel like you should auction off some of those old hot sheets if you have them. I don't know if you have them in like email or something, but it would be so fun I to re- like to see like back what people what the producers were sending you and uh, mm-hmm. it was great. You know, I would love more footage from scary Island. Like, I feel like there had to have been some like secret footage. I, I was, I was actually talking, maybe, maybe it was to Matt or somebody. I was saying that nowadays I feel like there would have been cell phone footage of Kelly at the airport when she runs into Jill or like that kind of infamous moment. Um, but apparently was there nothing from that whole time or no you know we were not shooting i i think what would have happened today is and i think there was a producer with kelly who went back with her i think um today we would have hopped out the iphone and we just didn't we weren't shooting stuff uh on the gun like that like we are today so back then season one two three of these shows were the crews smaller because it wasn't it wasn't what it is now or, or um i don't know the answer to that but i'm going to say that they must have been i mean certainly i think we light uh we light differently now i i think what happened is that you see a difference in some of the shows i think evolution really notched up the production value when they started shooting beverly hills from the get go and then i think that then carried over i think we were a little more run and gun on um some of the other shows and then i think then the other shows got um better at 
I, I just think the scenes were looking better. I mean, you know, a, a trope of New York, you'll notice on New York, there's two things that we always do on all the cities. One is we always show them ordering their meal. We yeah. always show, and that's been from the very beginning, like an early thing where we were fascinated with what are they ordering? It just seems sociologically interesting. And you could always tell something by what they were ordering. And I remember a scene in early Jersey where Jacqueline Larita's family went to a diner. And I think either Ashley or Jacqueline ordered a steak. And I was like, ordering a steak in a diner? Like that's on camera. So odd. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the other thing is in New York, we love a Ramona walking down. We love any Ramona walking establishing shot. Like <laughs> I love shots of Ramona walking down the street. Like they're just always funny to me. I don't know why Ramona walking into a restaurant, trying to get it together. <laughs> so we can never tire of those. Yeah. Uh, is Heather coming back? She's been spotted filming. Um, you know, I love my Heather Holla Thompson. Um, you do? Are you a uh, do you oh, stand yeah, yeah. for Heather? Oh, good. I yeah, yeah. Um, I think you will be seeing uh, you will be seeing Heather next season on New York. So my guess is not a main housewife, maybe a friend of, but at least a guest star. That's my guess. You will be seeing her. I can't wait. Uh, okay, Dorinda, we're losing Dorinda. I don't know what we're going to do there without Dorinda. How? Um, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, you said you're kind of getting some of the information of the filming now. How do you think it's going? It's going great. It's going really, really great. Um, I the, These women in New York never cease to amaze me. It's it's really great. The Dorinda, Dur, that, was a t- that was a very tough call. She didn't have a good season. She will admit it. She wasn't in a good place. Um, And, you know, it's always hard to make a call like that. You know, you, the whole thing is like a chess game, a sociological chess game. And you, you, every decision is pretty, um, we talk everything out and it's based on, a, many different factors, things that are going on on camera, off camera. You're looking at how, you know, how it will affect things uh, for the season, how it will affect things with other housewives to take one out of the mix. How does this, how does this rejigger, how does this rejigger the, the, the puzzle? Right. And, um, so it wasn't easy. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling to this. No, answer, no. You- it wasn't an easy decision. And I, and I hope, I do hope eventually that she will come back. Um, and yeah. I'm going to miss her. I'm going to miss her. I think like, well, I, I will too. I, yeah. I will too. Yeah. yeah. She had a rough season, but also she's just given us so much throughout the years. She has. Well, how do you feel about Tamara and Vicky being gone? I, you know, I was, <laughs> I was calling for Tamara's, uh, to go. You were and calling, that, for that. <laughs> I was okay. calling for that. And then because after what it happened, I find is sometimes when people call for it and then it happens there, right. it shocks their system. Right. You know? That's exactly what I think a lot of people yeah. were calling for it. And then they're like, <laughs> well, but wait a minute. Right. No. Yeah. As soon as I watched the premiere, I was like, man, I missed that woman. <laughs> and I hated that's her so for like funny. the longest time, but now I want her back. <laughs> that's so, um, right, that's do you funny. think she'll come back? I think she even has said on social media, she's like, 
you can see me again. I feel like she's hyping it up. Um, you know, back, again, I, like. I hope she'll Tamara for me for a very long time was the perfect housewife. She, um, she just, oh, there was just always a lot going on with her. We, we, there are two buckets. There's per, the personal story bucket. And she always had a lot of personal story going. And then there's the bucket of how they're relating with the other women. And she, she always had both. You know, so. I think sometimes it's nice to have a break too. Like it might be nice if she does come back, maybe we'll all feel, you know, a lot of us miss her a little bit. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you, so we you might want to be her happy back. to see someone as opposed to calling for their dismissal. Right. You know what I mean? You know, uh, we talked about Heather and I feel like she's a housewife that was interesting to me because people always DM me and uh, send me all this stuff about housewives. And I feel like public opinion on her changed years later after she left. Cause I, I feel like the fans didn't always necessarily like love her when she was on the show. And now looking back, I think we appreciate her a little bit more. And well, do you I notice that? Other, well, I don't know about her specific. I did notice that when she showed up, there was, there seemed to be a lot of love on Twitter and I don't know how that translates to, right. to anything else. But um, I think that what is really good um, in many cities, and it's one of the reasons that Elisa Rinna or a Dorinda worked so great right when they stepped in, is that they can speak the language and they know the other women. And so I think at this point, Heather has now known these women for, um, you know, I don't know, eight, nine years. I, I can't remember when yeah. she started, but now she she really speaks their language. She's not afraid to stand up to them. She knows them. And so I think that there is a great benefit in um, bringing legacy cast members back that um, it's like, listen, I was always a big soap fan. And it's one of the reasons why I love the housewives and why I, it brings me joy to keep this thing going as long as we can. And I think that one of the things they did on soaps was, Oh my God, guess what? Nina's coming back to all my children. How exciting. Guess what? I didn't love Nina when she was on originally, but then when she left, I kind of missed her. And then when she came back, I was excited to see her. Yeah, maybe I got sick of her again eventually, but you know, it's exciting to see her. They're like your old friends. So I view uh, former housewives uh, the same way. And on Orange County, Gina Keo did the narration, and I feel like that was such a fun sort of Easter egg for for fans of the show. Did the uh, did was it always the idea to get Gina, or did you guys try to get someone like Vicky, or or how did that no, work? No, I, I well, I think Vicky. I think that would have been rude to do no. to yeah. ask Vicky, and Vicky would have said, "Give me a million dollars, and I'll do it." And um, so I think that would have been rude. And it was, you know, it's funny. The the show began as a result of Desperate Housewives. And weirdly, Desperate Housewives comes up like five times this season on the Housewives of Orange County. And I keep marveling at it. I'm like, it took us 15 years to reference Desperate Housewives on OC. And I think we were just trying to establish OC as something different. Um, First, you know, and we did, obviously, but it's just random that it, it comes up so much this season. I love Gina, by the way. And I, I love the OGs. I love uh, Lori. Lori is my jam, you know? Yeah. Uh, speaking of Desperate Housewives, have you guys ever reached out to any of those cast members? Like, have you ever tried to get a Terry Hatcher or a Nicolette Sheridan or one of those people on the show? 
We haven't. I think that I, I think that Nicolette would be very problematic. Sometimes if you if you toss around the idea of bringing in an actual enemy of one of your current mm. cast members, um, you run the risk of the current cast member saying, okay, well, then I'm not coming back if that's the way you want to go. And we've had that situation with um, other housewives. I think that there were, you know, there were times that we would talk about bringing back X person and then someone who is still on the show would say, well, that's fine. You can choose between them and me because I'm not coming back. And um, there, there are two people that are very firm. There are three there are four that are firmly sticking out in my mind. Oh my God. Um, now yeah. I want to know what the backstory is with them. Uh, Orange County. There's been a lot, there's been some backlash online. There's certain podcasts aren't covering the Orange mm-hmm. County right now. And yeah, I just wonder what your take on all that is. Cause I found it a very tough thing because even on this show, uh, I'm not recapping it mostly because I can't, I don't cover every show on this podcast. You know, I like to do interviews and kind of change things up all the time. But um, I heard from so many people on both sides, like, you cannot talk about this. Don't ever speak of it. We're not watching it. And then after the season premiere, it's like, how dare you not not do it? I know it's a good season, I have to say. Um, and, uh, you know, I think people have always celebrated Kelly for her outspokenness. And by the way, we have very outspoken, polarizing people all over Bravo who are usually celebrated for that. Um, And, you know, people being celebrated for bad behavior and shocking comments. But, you know, there's been a reckoning of sorts and the line is being drawn by some fans as to what they'll accept and what they want won't and that is you know that's that and that's entirely their right you know i mean it seems tough i would imagine on the other side of this because it is a reality show and we do like messy people and and that's sort of what this channel was built on in a lot of ways it's true i mean there is a line and we all I, i think we're all kind of thinking like well what do i feel good about watching but I imagine it must be very tough on the other side to be like, well, what do we do here? Well, it's interesting. It's like, oh, okay, so this is a, fa- you know, it's like, okay, this is too you, far, you but thought that's this was, you thought this horrible thing was hilarious and this horrible thing isn't. And that's, and that's fine. Listen, everyone has a line and you can only respect it. You Are know? you involved with the Vanderpump Rules casting decisions or that you're not? I'm happy to tell you that I'm not. <laughs> that must be a relief. Because, I, I, you know, speaking of these casting things, I feel like it was confusing for fans of like, well, this is the line, or, or where is the line? You know what I'm saying? Because it was like, there was a public statement about um, Stasi and Kristen. And then a lot of people were like, well, it wasn't Jax doing similar behavior. And so it's. I think it was confusing for fans of like where the line is exactly. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Listen, I think that the it's it's always an exploration of the line. I think that we're all figuring out what right. the line is, you know. Right. So yes. where where do you think that show goes next? Or where would you OC? like to see? Uh, no, Vanderpump Rules. Oh, Vanderpump? Well, I think it's interesting because I think they're going to... Listen, I think that people were really pinging on... 
um, what was real and what was maybe a leap about the last season. And I think that what has been so brilliant about Vanderpump Rules and why that show is so hard for all the other people who've tried to do it, to replicate it, you can't say, oh, I'm going to open a bar and do a Vanderpump Rules type show. These people were all knew each other for so long. They all worked for Lisa for so long. And Lisa, to her credit, kept saying to Bravo, you guys have no idea what I have going on here. And it's all these hot people and they're all sleeping with each other and they're all ex-boyfriends and they love and they fight and they love and whatever. And so that's hard to replicate. And I think that it seemed like people were pinging against, well, do they do, does X person really work there? And does... Why and why are they going to Lisa's to make pride signs? And so the ant. So I think. What was your question? Where do they like, go? Where from do here? you think it goes from here? Well, I think where it goes from here is. Um, I think. Look, they're they're. I think they're going to have real. Um, drama built into her reopening this restaurant after a pandemic. And so I actually think, you know, in an odd way, that's going to create a lot of story that is absolutely real and they'll be able to lean into it. And frankly, Stassi and Kristen didn't work there anymore. And they're both brilliant characters on television. Um, And so you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see who's there and who's not and what's really happening. And I think they'll have a better time doing that. And there'll be a lot of built-in stuff that's actually happening. Do you ever anticipate more spinoffs in that world, like a Vegas garden? Have you guys explored that? Or I don't it- know if they've explored Vegas. I think that, again, the thing about Vanderpump rules that works is that they all have that history. You just can't, the history that they have gives you a rooting interest. It's like if it's 10 people who were just put together to work at a restaurant, it's like, I just, I think it's a little less exciting. Right. Okay, I want to move on to Potomac. I I think this season is one of like the best of any Housewives franchise. It's so good. And I was trying to think about why I like it. And I feel like it's because allegiances sort of shift every episode. Like we as a viewer are thinking, oh, we're on team this person. And then the next episode, we feel differently. Uh, And I, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if I read this or heard it in an interview somewhere, but I I think I read that Bravo tried to present the Monique and Candace footage as accurately as they could without sort of taking aside. Uh, and I wonder, we always try to do that. I mean, we always try to, we always try not to, there are two things we do with an edit. One is we wink at the audience. Uh, you know, it's Kim Zolciak saying she loves fitness. And then you cut away to the solo cup and the cigarette. I mean, you know, like that's an easy thing, but then, You know, there are other times where, you know, we absolutely try not to editorialize. And that was something that in early years, people would say sometimes horrible things. And we would say, well, that's on them and we're just going to show it like, you know, and and um, but with with the fight, we did something that we we really almost have, have not done. You know, usually we cut away 
from something like that because we don't it's not something that we really want it's not something we ever want to happen we don't like it we don't think it really belongs on this franchise and so in this case we actually leaned into it because there were so many people saying why don't you show it and also it became such a con- point of contention for the rest of the season that we were like, uh, well, you know, we were kind of artfully cutting around a lot of stuff. And then we were like, we, we, we're going to show it. So when you were getting those cuts, did you find yourself taking a side? Did you? Well, I learned something very valuable uh, at the Atlanta reunion when Kenya and Portia had their altercation. I was the only one in the room that didn't see it coming when Portia snapped at Kenya. Everyone else was like, uh, dude, I saw like, it from a mile away. Yeah. Right. You know, they were like, she provoked her. You know, I was the guy that went and sent Ken- sent Portia home. I was like, you have to go home. You got physical. This is wrong. You know, and what was interesting to me was that the opinion in the room was it was Kenya's fault. And the opinion um, amongst a lot of viewers was that it was Kenya's fault. So when I heard about it and when I watched it, that incident really caused me to say, well, what, what happened before it? How did this, this didn't come out of nowhere and was it provoked? And so um I don't know what your question was, but I sure hope that answered it. I, I was basically saying, whose side are you on, Candace? Oh, okay, well, but you don't have to answer side. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you make of Wendy? I love Wendy as an addition. I think Wendy is great. Me too. I love her, and um, I, you know, I, listen. I love a politically active housewife, and so um, I, I just there's an old clip, not that old, of Wendy uh, um, who. Uh, who Wendy going up against Kaylee McEnany or whatever her last name is from, uh, you know, Trump, the woman with all the vowels uh, who lies on the podium all the time. She, uh, Wendy going at it with her, I think on Fox news. And, um, it just made me very happy. I think Wendy's great. She, she feels like, classically housewives to me like she's not afraid to sort of get in the mix she's got a little bit of a bizarre quality to her uh i like i really i i like her a lot i'm yeah i'm i'm a fan um so uh, potomac has really had the same cast for a while do you imagine it shaking up next season or are we no, keeping it because it's don't. perfect i think also that's one of the reasons why potomac is so great i think it's great and i think i think we're in a really great run with jersey right now we just, it's a great mix. We have brought new people in over the years. I think it's still interesting to see how they're uh, relating to each other. And um, so I, I love this Jersey cast so much. And I love, I, I love what's happening in Potomac. And, you know, Dallas is similar too. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a really good group. Jersey and uh, Atlanta, are, when, do we ex- when can we expect to see them? You know, I don't remember is the truth of the matter. I think Atlanta's coming before the year is out, I think. Yeah. Because I'm watching it. I'm watching. And how is it? Is it good? It's 
Andy, yes. can you send me these cuts? I just want to watch them too. Can I watch? Them? I really can't, Danny. Really <laughs> what about can't. Jersey? I wish I could. How are you liking Jersey? You know, I'll be honest with you because people send me little tips and stuff. You know, like yeah. people on production or whatever. And yeah. half the time, I don't know who's sending me what or what's real. Um, but some of the things that I've heard about Jersey that have not been reported by any of the blogs or anything were yeah. shocking so to me. Shocking. No, I, I'm not. No, that's okay, what I'm good. saying. I, I would. I don't okay, even. I try thank not you to. for your discretion. Yeah, because I I'm excited, and I I, I it's think so it's more annoying fun to, to watch me. the Housewives. Of course, without it yeah. is, and it's so annoying to me when shit gets leaked or whatever. I'm like, you know, this isn't fun. I mean, the fun right. of you you really kind of don't want to know what happens. That's been a real problem with Instagram and with um, with uh, social media in right. general, where um, sometimes people can't control themselves. Yeah, you know? I mean, and if I hear something really good, like I perp- I will not tell anyone because I'm like I I just want to experience all Thank of us you. to experience that all together. But so going back to Jersey, I have heard some things that have not been anywhere reported that got me really excited for the season. And good. So that's not spoilery, right? That's just no, that's a tease. That's what we call a tease, Danny. By the way, I love it that what is behind you is the cover of Us magazine, which I still have. Is it on my bulletin? It was on my bulletin board at Bravo for many years, the Kelly Jill Bethany cover. And then you've got the Mariah book, which is uh, which is an Andy Cohen book. Can can Uh, I thank you for that book? It's truly like my new Bible. It's fantastic. I'm so glad. She's my number one human. Like I'm the biggest Mariah fan. Yeah, like I I worship her. And I had uh, I was I've been so excited about this book for so so many since it was announced. Um, Oh, that makes me happy. You know, Mariah had teased it over the years. She always says my memoirs. And it still, I thought, was fantastic. I thought it was, there was the fun, juicy gossip stuff that I imagined you were probably pushing her to do some of some of that stuff pushed for a lot there there was stuff that was taken out through the run but there was um there was there's there's a lot in there and frankly this is her story to tell and so i just i just when i first met with her said there are so many bullshit books that come out that artists write and just like this has to not be a, a a bullshit book like and not only is it not it's so beautifully written and so in oh, yeah. her voice. I mean, it is a literary book, which shouldn't ultimately be a surprise because um, she's a great songwriter and she's a great writer. So, yeah. And the audio book, um, too. You for your... I, I listened to the audiobook and read the book. And the wow. audiobook to me was, it was revolutionary in a lot of ways to be able to hear her in her own voice singing yeah. certain songs yeah. that she wrote. I, I thought yeah. it was just like so special. Uh, I can't recommended enough in terms of your books like what kind of what other books can we expect from from your book well we've got one uh coming up from bevy smith i don't know if you're familiar with uh, bevy smith she has this show on radio andy called i miss fashion queens too i love fashion queens queens was so good and um there is another book that we haven't announced yet that you may have heard about that you're going to love and I can't say. Oh, what I it think is. I do know what it is. Yeah, okay. I do know what it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, that excites me though. That excites me. Good. Okay. Um, 
Miami revival. So early on in the pandemic, you know, I'm leading this charge for Miami to come back. And <laughs> early on to the, the chase, yeah. I was really trying to, I have been really trying to get Peacock to pick up Miami. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but, um, and I don't know where we are with that. I, uh, there's been, I have to say, there's been such a, um, the fans of Miami are still very vocal and, um, so I, I, I have been, I, I've been an advocate for, uh, Peacock bringing back Miami. Uh, I think Miami as it was on Bravo really suffered from mama Elsa not being around in season three. She was very sick. I think she was a more important part of that show than people realized. And, um, the problem with the third season was that the ratings were declining as it went on and they went down for the reunion, which is usually the opposite of what happens. And I think that went, you know, that, that was, a, a that went into yeah. the decision and I'll pick it up. I miss it. I, it was so fun at the beginning of the pandemic. Bravo had been airing a lot of those old shows like NYC I know. prep, I think, and gallery girls, there was like a marathon day. Uh, it was, it was really fun. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic shopify s-h-o-p-i-f-y.com slash everything iconic this show is sponsored by better help and we all carry around different stressors both big and small sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because i cannot stop thinking about them when i'm trying to sleep or when i'm trying to go about my day i keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively now therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff and if you've never benefited from therapy i think it's time you explore i think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist it's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Everything Iconic. Uh, Below deck. 
It's one of the biggest shows on the network, the Below Deck franchise. It is a massive juggernaut hit, and it is a great show. It's and I so gotta good. tell you something. If I mean, if Housewives fans are dogmatic, I mean, I have gotten really. I mean, like if I if people are mad at me about something that happens or doesn't happen at a Housewives reunion, it's one thing. But man, the Below Deck fans, they hate I mean, you, they Andy. just want to spit roast me. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I mean, especially not this season, but. Uh, last season, I mean, there was a the, the, the reunion where I had whatever. a huge band-aid on my face. Something horrible had happened to me that day that I will not disclose, but it happened to me, and I was like in the hospital, and then I went to do the below deck reunion. So it was not the best version of me on any stretch, and I'm not trying to say the dog ate my homework, but man, I mean, like, oh my god. Well, and I, I think you talked about this maybe on Radio Andy or something where it's it's not the same as Housewives, right? Like you're not getting, the, you're, you know, you're I don't have the reunions. much information. Yes, which is not a cop out. I'm just I'm just yeah. saying. And so but yes. it could it could be a little bit of a cop out, I think, because it's like you're hired to host the show. And so you might not know like every moment of footage the way you would a housewives where you you've seen unedited cuts and stuff I'm like that. I'm just coming at it from a different place, but that's no that's no excuse. It's all I'm making you know. it, I'm making an excuse because I feel Thank like you. people have been Thank holding you. on to the below deck thing. And of course those men were monsters. Oh my that's god, no they ex- have Oh God! <laughs> Those men were monsters. I, I do believe also, that. Also, I also the other interesting thing is I do get other information from producers that maybe is stuff that I'm not saying that could also slant my production, my 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 perspective on things. But still, are you? Uh, how are you feeling about Kate and Hannah being gone? Because I feel like they were really like the the anchors of the series. And- I feel okay. I think that those, you know, I think that the, the thing about that show is that it's about the format and it's about the way that the people get along and it's about the upstairs downstairs. There's a lot happening on, there's a lot happening on that show. So I, I actually think it's, I think it's good just as just in the same way that I think, pulling people out of the housewives sometimes though it can be surprising and shocking i think it, it i think it's actually helpful to uh the show kathy hilton what's the deal there big kath big kath are we going to see big um, kath you know what too soon too I'm trying soon to for get me all the on next season i know and and yeah. you should uh, so, but Beverly Hills is, we are getting another season. I think they have announced a new cast member, Christine, which I'm very excited about. Is that her name? Christine? Yeah. Um, where, where do you think Denise went wrong? I don't know if that's the right term. I'm not saying she did something wrong, but like, what do you um, think happened there? I love Denise. I think. I do too. Yeah. Where do I think it went wrong? I, I think. I think there were two things I I didn't understand. And I talked to Lisa Rinna about this a a month or two after the reunion. And I, I said, I I, I go, I don't understand why your level of anger 
seemed, and I said to her at one point, I think on the reunion, I said, what if, let's just say she isn't telling the truth because she's trying to protect her family. Like, so, well, what if that is the case? Like, who cares? Right. You know, like, 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 why can't we just move on? Yeah. So, um, we had that conversation and the thing that I was, she was, she, and, and, and her anger was real. Lisa Rinna's anger was very, very real. And I think there was a part of it that, um, I think there was a part of it that had to do with maybe some production stuff of Denise not being around at the very end where they all were around. And then they feel like, well, what if we didn't show up for things, you know? And, but I, but maybe in Denise's mind, she was like, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm not looking to conf- I didn't know Brandy was going to be at this thing and I don't want to run into, her, you know, what I, look, there are a lot of, everybody has their own motives and, and feelings and emotions. And so I don't know. I, I think the women were really pissed at her for not being more transparent in their eyes. And I think in her eyes, she was saying this was her truth. And that was that. And she had to shoot Bold and the Beautiful the next morning. <laughs> she had that script ready to go, Andy. She had that script ready to go. I'm like, no, Denise, I, I just need you for another half hour. I loved how she was that slouched was down very, like this. She was like this She was slouched down. She had her script in her hand. <laughs> in a tanning I, I salon like, or something. Yeah, I, I was, I was, uh, that was a really frustrating uh, and upsetting reunion for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, for everybody. Do you do you like having the actresses on, or do you prefer, you know, because on Beverly Hills, I feel like it works really well with having like le- people like Lisa Rinna and Denise who have this background. Um, but it then it's does, also fun to get I like think, a Dorit. Yeah, I think with Beverly Hills, that's been the one from the very beginning that's been different in terms of the women always knowing they're on a show and that they're making a show. And I think that machination is part of what the subtext of their resentment towards Lisa Vanderpump was. And especially at the end where it was like, I think there was some, some um, discontent about, her having another show at the network that was also really big. So they felt like she thought that things didn't apply to her or, you know, so there's a, there's a, that, that artifice on Beverly Hills has always been there or, you know, whereas on the other show, it really is, you know, Ramona's like, yeah, I'm having the girls to the Hamptons for three nights and I can't wait. And this is it. And we're shooting nonstop and, you know, da, 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 da. And it's not about who's getting glam before they go to Ramona's. Now I find those disagreements very interesting and different on Beverly Hills. And that's, I'm happy for that conversation. It's just a different universe in there. 
the past couple of years, we've seen uh, the mechanics change a bit with the breaking of the fourth wall. I feel like it's always happened a little bit, but it, it seems to me as a viewer that it's happening kind of more and more. Do you, yeah. uh, do you want it to happen um, more and more? Or are you good with where it's at? I'm good with where it's at. I mean, if anything, I would kind of now like to pull back on it a little bit. We, um, you know, having been there from the beginning and wanting never to break the fourth wall and fighting it painstakingly. This is me from the beginning and being very annoyed at in early, you know, we opened season two of the housewives of New York with all of them opening the New York post. And I think Simon had said something rude to Cindy Adams about Jill or or one of the women. And I could be getting this wrong, but it was, I was like, wait a minute, why are they in sin? Now do we have to explain why they're in Cindy Adams? Cause they're housewives, but, and now we're showing that on the show. And that to me was a breaking of the fourth wall, but it also was delicious because it was Simon trashing them to Cindy Adams. So it was funny. And they all cared so much how they were portrayed in Cindy Adams, but you know, and so that was an example of the New York post page six has been a character on the New York housewives since season two, by the way, whereas orange County, it took us years to acknowledge there would be occasionally Gretchen would say something in a blog and then that would be a thing. And so this is, I'm now taking you through the very slow evolution of the fourth wall being broken. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that it's been fun for viewers. We do it at reunions. I think when I have to go speak to someone in a bathroom, in Atlanta, we've had incidences where I'm like having to go, we have meetings with the women in bathrooms I and mean, with Kim and Croy and then with Candy after the Phaedra thing was revealed. So I think that the fourth wall breaking in the reunions was something that people really enjoyed and seeing them getting ready. So it's been a slow evolution. And then, um, and, and I just think it's fun, but I think it's in on a um, as needed basis. It's not something that we need to do every episode. We love, excuse me, we love the device of, um, we love the device of, and we did it in Jersey season three, I think, where we show something at the top of the season and then we say, "Oh yeah, months earlier, three months earlier, weeks earlier." Right. We love a flash forward and then let's take it back to happier times. And um, I love a times. I love a timestamp in general. Like on New York, there's nothing yes. more fun than getting it's like three thirty four p.m. and then they're yes. in another room. You fighting know about when something there's a timestamp uh, <laughs> so that, that something is gonna the shit is really gonna hit the fan. Yes, oh. Andy, I want to get a little more serious. I, I admire your career so much. You've been able to diversify, whether it be doing on camera work. Now you have the book imprint, the shows. Uh, you've also done a lot of ad- great advocacy for surrogacy, and um, I, I, I've been I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I've been thinking how have you I don't know if this will make sense how have you dealt with no's in the past? You're so successful now, but along the way there had to have been um, stumbling blocks or no's that yeah. you've come up against. And um, I think I was all, my only dream ever was to work in TV. I always wanted to work in TV and I really wanted to work in TV news. And my ultimate goal was 
to be myself on TV. And I thought, wow, if I could get on a morning show, because that was the only place that people were really themselves back in the dark ages when I started, there wasn't a lot of it wasn't like it is today where everybody has their own brand and they're their own person and they're on social media and whatever podcasts and the whole thing. So that was really the only outlet. And I remember I just found, actually, I had all these tapes transferred and I found this audition tape that I made while I was at CBS news trying to be on camera. And I remember they were starting this talk show about soap operas and I auditioned and I was interviewing all these soap stars anyway for the morning show. I was so bad and I had this clunky ponytail and I looked terrible. And this woman was like, and I was told several times, you will never, ever make it on camera and don't like stop trying. Basically, they told me and I was like, okay, and you have a wandering eye and this and that and the other and fine. And then I was like, well, I will stop trying and that's fine because I love what I'm doing. So I think that I always had the base of loving what I was doing, that when these little opportunities started, I just took them and was excited. And so the writing the blog for the Bravo website, that was, I loved to write. And I was like, wow, Bravo is going to give me a platform to write this blog. And then, wow, Bravo wanted to start a online show that they called Watch What Happens Live that was on after top chef or it was called watch what happens which which was the tagline for bravo in the early years and i did an after show for top chef which i also was an ep of so i knew the language and then for project runway which i also was an ep of so those opportunities i just was always so excited to take and i always knew that i wasn't hired to do them because They wanted me to be a programming executive. So I also didn't over-index in thinking that I was valuable because I was like, look, they could, Kathy Griffin's on the channel and she's a superstar and really funny and talented and the whole thing. And so like, don't think you're the shit because you're not. And I think that was a very important thing for me to be conscious of for my whole First, even when they picked up Watch What Happens Live to be a talk show, this was after I had done a few reunions, and they picked it up because it was so cheap to produce. And they were like, we'll see how it does. I was like, they picked it up for 12 episodes, and I was like, I had no faith that it would go on beyond the 12 episodes. So I think that my knowledge of ratings and stuff, and I was like, then I saw the ratings, and I was like, oh, these are decent. Okay, maybe this could go on. But I did have a realization and I know. And as I told Vicki Gunvalson, I was like, Vicki, our time, we, we, it, is not a, it, we, it is not a God-given right that we all have to be on television. It just isn't. And my time is going to come. Like, I know that I will be pulled at some point. It could be next year. You know, who knows? So I just, I try to keep it all in perspective. And again, I don't know what your question was and I sure no, hope I, I answered You answered it. Because, so okay. you, are you conscious about diversifying? You mentioned my time on TV is not going to end, but you have your, what's the term? Like hand in a bunch of pots or what's the, I don't yes. know what that term. I am always conscious of diversifying. So and have you always why, had a business mind too? Yeah. I think that I always just thought, okay, well, if you lose your job, what I, I always, in my mind, I always thought, well, I would like to be a teacher. Like if I could be a professor at NYU and teach kids about broadcasting or, or journalism even, which is what my major was, um, or now I guess I could teach other things. But um, 
I, you know, and I love to write. And so I have always been conscious of it, but I've, I've only said yes to things that I thought that I could do and that I would be good at and that I wanted to do because otherwise if I don't want to do them, why am I going to do them? So the radio was a great opportunity. I was like, wow, I can do long form interviews. That's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, writing books. I always wanted to write books. And then when they said, would you like, you know, do you want to work with us on an imprint? And that seemed so cool to me. Yeah. Um, and then producing stuff on my own. I've been very picky about shows that I'm producing on my own. And Bravo's group chat is um, a Bravo's chat. Which room. I think is great. I think it's a great I love show. It. Yeah. And I'm really excited about it. And I, I think they extended it. It was only going to be on for 10 episodes. And now they just picked it up for 10 more. And people seem to like it. And I absolutely love it. And do you imagine um, that ever going into studio or do you think it, it's just going to be? That's a good question. I don't know. And yeah, the yeah. great news is I think that's part of the reason why they could do it so inexpensively yeah. and they can bang it out. And also I think that show works as four boxes. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it must just, I don't know, as someone myself kind of trying to create the career I want, it must be so exciting to have all of these successes. Um, and I don't it's know. It's really cool, but I think that what to me, and, and like for me, I never lose focus of the 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 biggest thing in the pot for me is the housewives and watch what happens live, and they feed each other. And my success has been so dependent on the housewives that if the housewives went away and watch what happens live went away, thank thankfully I have the radio or I have something else that I could do. But um, I also don't want to lose focus on that main thing. The money maker. So your money maker is this podcast. And then everything else that comes off of it is such a gift because you can tour. I'm assuming that when life was normal, you were touring yeah. and eventually you're going to write a book. And then there's, you know, there, there are going to be other things that come from this. I have which a is book great. proposal ready, Andy, whenever. Really? Well, you you need to send it to me. I, I'll have to. I think my agent might have sent it to your editor, but uh, okay. Well, we need to make yeah, sure well, of that. Yeah, hearing all these no's, I had sort of like a come to Jesus or like a frustrating week last week where I got a couple of rejections on the proposal and it's still out to other publishers and stuff. But I feel like I'm. I shout- haven't gotten it, so you need to make sure. But I fe- okay, I feel so like I'm shouting at gatekeepers. You know, like I'm shouting, like this is yeah. a good idea. Like I know but my you know audience what, Danny, will want all this. All it takes, all it takes, okay. is for you to find the one person that believes in you and knows you, and that's all it takes. You just need one person. And so right. I had one person who was like, I think this guy could host a, a web show. On BravoTV.com. If that person had not existed, who was Lauren Selaznick, who ran Bravo for many years, if she hadn't have been there, I would probably still be an ex- – I think, I guess I would still be an executive at Bravo happily. I would be – I mean, I don't know. Were you a talk show junkie growing up? Like I, I, I study these talk shows. Like I, oh I obviously God. study Major. Watch What Happens Live. You know what's yeah. funny? When I was at, I was a producer at CBS this morning for, for um, seven years in the 90s. And then I produced um, 48 hours at CBS News. I kind of went back and forth. And, and so I loved talk shows. And I, I've seen, 
probably 85% of every episode of the Oprah Winfrey show over 25 years of the run. And I love Donahue. I was a caller on Donahue once. I was on an episode of Sally Jesse asking a question, but I was offered in the nineties, I got offered uh, jobs making, I'm going to say at like three or four times the money I was making at CBS news to go work at Sally Jesse and Geraldo, those were two jobs who, two shows that offered me jobs. And I was like, and at the time those shows had kind of, they were, they were trash. They were considered trash TV. And I was like, this is not good. I'm going to hang in here until the right other thing presents itself. So that was a good lesson for me. I did not go for the quick money at that time because I thought it would be a bad look. So who do you think is great in terms of talk show hosts? Like I, I had one of my favorites is Rosie O'Donnell. I like, I worshiped her talk show. I yes. grew up watching her talk show. I think it was great. Yeah. And I, 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 I love you of course. And I, I always say like um, Kelly Ripa is so fucking good at her job. Like She's I think so people don't realize job. how difficult that is. Like, yeah. And Kathy Lee too. And Regis, like I, I oh, watch all the clips. Kathy on Lee, the best. Oh my God. I, I just had her on the show and it was the best day. It was so exciting. But yeah, I think there's a skill to feeling like you're the friend of an audience that people maybe don't realize. And yeah. I think also you have to be a fan and engaged. A and genuine excited. fan. People I mean, can tell when you're, it's bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. And there was a moment actually in the run of Watch What Happens Live. It was a few years in where I really hit a wall and I started to just view the shows as I was just trying to get through them. And that is a bad thing. And we got research back on the show at one point, and there was a very small, there was a small group of people who said, he seems like he's phoning it in. And when I saw that, I was like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? This is your, this is your dream right now. Do not mess this up. So um, that was a huge wake-up call for me. But in terms of talk show hosts that I like right now, I think we are not necessarily in the golden age of talk shows. I don't watch many. I I think Kelly is amazing. I think Wendy during Hot Topics is amazing. I think some of her takes are so insane and out of the blue that that makes it really kind of funny. And to um, sit in a, a chair for 20 minutes off the top and just talk. It's incredible. About, I mean, and, you know, Kelly, the other day, Ryan called in sick and she was, she texted me before the show. She goes, I'm alone today. And I was like, oh my God. I go, well, I turned on my ring light. I was like, call me if you need me. I'm home. It was, uh, you know, and, um, and, you know, she just did it. But I was sitting there. I was like, She's amazing. She's amazing. She can just sit there and talk and she has great stories. And, um, but I would say that the golden age, I mean, Rosie, I was a huge fan of, I love the view. I mean, the view is amazing and I love going on the view. I love look the view. And that's why that book about the view was so great. It's, it's a housewives reunion every right. day live, you know? And, and the, so- the view has the same thing that I think the housewives has with, which is the history of it. And people who've been watching from the beginning, it's like, we treat to me, the view is sports. Like when we get a new cast yeah. or somebody leaves or something and same with housewives too, but it's like, those are my sports. Like I, I get so excited yeah. when I find out, you know, when Rosie came back to the view, Oh my God, my mind was blown. And then she's going to be sitting there with whoopie 
fucking Goldberg. And it was, yeah. Uh, and the view works that too. Was I, wild. I, I co-hosted once during that time when she came back and they were like, um, here, we're going to give you an IFB. I was backstage standing there with Rosie and they go, we're going to give you an IFB. And um, I go, Oh, really? What, what is this? And they go, well, you all, and Rosie goes, you don't need that. Don't put that in. You don't. And I was like, Oh my God, what war have I just stepped into? Rosie's like, they try to give us all IFBs and da 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 da. I was like, okay. Um, I, don't want an IFB like I, you know it was crazy you to me have the similar you know, Barbara Walters read me out once on the view like horribly uh, on air or on air I said I was on the day after the Oscars and she was talking about how she didn't like or understand American hustle and I suggested that perhaps it wasn't a generational thing because my mom also didn't get American hustle <sighs> And basically I had just told Barbara Walters that she was old on TV. And so she, they had to go to, they went to commercial right after that. And I'm like giddy right now. Listening. (laughs) When I tell you almost lunch and you can see it, it is on, we showed the clip on watch what happens live. I gave myself the Jack hole that day because I was so upset that I had ruffled the feathers of the queen and she went and she there is there's that shot of the steady cam going around the table like when we come back da, 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 da. she turns to me and is yelling at me and she's how dare you insult me on my own show uh, what are you thinking jenny mccarthy grabs my leg and says she's never gonna remember this in 10 minutes don't <laughs> worry this is gonna pass and sherry's like it's okay it's okay they were on either side of me and they were like and i was like Oh my God. Like I, I, and Bill Getty came out and he's like, everything's good. Everything's good. And they're like doing Q and a with the audience string. And I'm Uh, like, what do I do? I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I thought this was a show about different generations with different points of view. Like we're supposed to give our view. Yeah, exactly. I sent her flowers. I was, it was, it was. Did you ever hear back after the whole thing? Like, did she forgive you? You think, or forget it? She probably she forgot, forgot it. it. Yeah, I yeah. do think she forgot it. Uh, yeah. You know, you mentioned the view book and I really want a, a book like that about the live years. Cause I feel like there had, I feel like there's some drama that happened behind the live scenes. Live with Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole, oh, like yeah. starting with Regis book. and Kathy Lee. Yes. And then that would be a good uh, book. Yes. Going. Andy, I, I could talk to you forever and I've taken up way too much of your time. I'm sorry. I'm going to let you go. The last thing I just want to ask uh, is about your, uh, you had Ben and, um, I don't know. Is there any advice you could give young gay couples that are maybe interested in surrogacy? Well, my advice is that I I was thinking about this with you, Danny, and I want you to think about having a kid. I think you would be a great great dad. Good. Start saving your money now. You know, just like what? What is? Can you? Is there even like a specific? You know what? That's a stupid question. Maybe. No, no, it's actually not a stupid question. And there are a lot of books. I think. there's a book by a woman, Kim Bergman, who wrote about the whole process. And there are organizations that help gay people match them with surrogates and whatever. And I think the truth is, I think, I don't know. And yeah. it's a range. It's and it probably it's all depends cheap. too. Yeah. And, and the, but, but then the other thing is there are, t- there are some people who have, excuse me, lesbian friends or straight friends who say, I'm going to carry this child for you. I will be your oven, which is what a surrogate is. And then, you know, that, that changes the, the financial cost of it. So there are many ways. And of course, adoption. And, um, but I will say that 
you should, if it's something that you want to do, it's something that you should do. I think you should wait. I really waited. I am old and I waited until I was old to do it, but that's okay because I couldn't see myself when I was 40 having a kid. In my mind, I was like, I know that I want this, but now is not the time I'm building my career. I'm building my life. I'm um so was there a moment to save money? A moment the where moment you thought this was, is the yeah, time. my 50th birthday was encroaching. Uh was coming. It was like the year before my 50th birthday and I was dating someone who had different priorities from me and who not not different priority, he was at a different place in his life. Uh, and he didn't want to settle down and have kids. And I basically was like, okay, if you do this, you have to do this. You have to really seriously think about this. So my, so then I, I did, I was like, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I, I just did. And by the time of my 50th birthday party, I was, I was pregnant and I will never forget. I was taping a Southern charm reunion and I got, my first, my surrogate FaceTimed me from her doctor's appointment, which I couldn't, she was in LA and I was in New York, so I couldn't go to all of her appointments. And I saw the first sonogram during the lunch break of the Southern Charm reunion. And I was crying and I ruined my makeup and I focused on nothing else for the rest of the reunion, but like, Oh my God, I'm having a baby. And then like I did a Shaz reunion soon after and Reza was saying that having a baby. And I was like, I'm having a baby, but I can't say anything. I was so excited. So um, anyway, it's such an, I mean, seeing you and Anderson, it's so weird because growing up, I never got to see gay people in media who have kids. And I always, I grew up always knowing that I wanted kids. Like I, it, even, even when I realized I was gay, it was like, yeah, yeah I, you're I know a nice Midwestern boy, right? Right. I'm Ohio. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we yeah. just were raised to have kids. Right. Uh, and I've always wanted kids, but I never got to see it as a viable option. I always, so it's been weird and exciting. Weird's not the right word, but to see you and Anderson, it's like, holy fuck. Like 10 years ago, we didn't get to see, it's Even wild. We talked about I mean, Rosie. To think and, that he and I are going to be on New Year's Eve, co-hosting New Year's Eve on CNN, talking about our kids. Like CNN, really, two gay men on know, CNN. Yes. Like it's fucking wild. It's it's it amazing. is wild. We're yeah. just two gay. We're just two gay dads. What can I tell you? You I probably mean, everyone probably there. calls you daddy online, don't they? Everyone's well, yeah, they yeah. have before that. I mean, I used to get weird. I mean, on Father's Day, it was like on Twitter, everyone was like, daddy, daddy. I'm like, okay, you can't do this anymore because I am a daddy. So like, this is weird. Um, but no, I go over to Anderson's every weekend and we, I, I turn to him on Saturday. I go, you realize that we're just now killing time between naps. Like that's what we do. He's like, oh, I, that's what I was thinking the other day. I go, well, that's, that's what we do. And I mean, you got Kelly Ripa FaceTiming us. She calls herself Mima. She's like, Mima's here. Mima's here. <laughs> Cause it was so long ago that she had little kids. Now she feels like a grandma. Aww. It's funny. It's wild. It's a wild thing. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And it's totally grounded me and kind of changed my perspective. We had a crazy summer with COVID and there was a lot of nonsense happening with the housewives and a lot of drama from all ends. And 
it was really nice to be able to breathe with my son and really focus on him. Do you, do you think there'll be any more in the future or are you? I hope not, so. Yeah, I yeah. hope so. I want to for him, you know, right. I had an older sister and it was great. And we, she and I were great buddies growing up. And so I, I want to for him. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been inspiring to watch as a gay man. It's like, it blows my mind. And and you both are very open about it. it wasn't yeah we just getting to see photos of you guys in magazines with in a tabloid with your kid it's like <laughs> it's crazy. amazing thank um, you danny you can do it too and you will and i want yeah we're, we're going thing. to we're going yeah. to at some point eventually <laughs> maybe not quite yet, but yeah Good. we are uh andy thank you bravo con it didn't work out this year well do you think it's coming next year i know it was supposed to be two weekends ago was the was the oh, so there was a weekend. plan to do it there was a plan there was a plan man we had great things in store we have great things in store for the next one. I, I think I think I figured out what the Watch What Happens Live extravaganza is going to be, and it's oh. going to be good. It was so fucking fun, and I was so mad because last year I was uh, interviewing on the red carpet, but I was hosting a panel before then, and you were the only person on the Watch What Happens Live red carpet that I didn't get to interview because you you oh, were the first one through. I know I didn't get to meet, and I was I didn't yeah. Get to meet you. Okay, quick. Were you at around. our taping that night? I was like um, on that carpet. I, I so I, I came You're late to the taping. Theater. Yeah, I like I got there late or or the second half of that, which it was wild though and so much fun. The whole event was it blew my mind. I thought it was it blew away my expectations and it was intimate and fun, even it though great. it was a huge. It's gonna event. be even better next time. Yeah. Okay, quick lightning round because I'm out of time. Uh, okay. Favorite Mariah Carey song. <sighs> Heartbreaker. Uh, family karma are they coming back they're coming back right i think they are yeah people love that show uh sexiest man alive if you were choosing for people magazine who would you choose wow good question i think daniel craig is kind of always Mm. the sexiest man alive yeah and in person you've had a lot of sexy people on watch what happens live do you get a little distracted sometimes or are you just like sitting there Um, um, some, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Even with women, it's like uh, so many beautiful yeah, celebrities. I mean, you must just be I like, say, like, J-Lo is so crazily beautiful. Like, she, it kind of blows you away. Um, and yeah, there have been, been a few guys that I'm like, wow. And the first time Ricky Martin was on, I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah. sweating. Yeah. yeah. I had Cynthia Bailey on my show and just seeing her cheekbones in person. I was like, this is like, yeah. un- your cheekbones are unreal. Andy, this was such an honor and delight. I'm sorry. I That's took up so much of your time. That was, yeah, I don't want to keep you any oh. longer. I've kept you forever. Okay. I love right. you. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.